Anna here. Did you know I have another podcast? And did you know it's all about failure? Well, at this point, you'd have to answer yes to both of those questions because I just told you. But my other show isn't just about failure. It's about failing your way to success. Yes, success. Because the most successful people are often just the people who've gotten up the most times after their failures. Don't believe me? Go download Fail Your Way to Success wherever you get your podcasts or go to failyourway.com for more info. Now back to the show. Your book's journey isn't over after it's been launched. Nope, it's got a whole lifetime ahead of itself. And so while I'm leading you through writing and launching a best-selling book, I'm also showing you how to make that book work for you for the rest of your career and your life. Welcome to Launch Your Book with Anna David. Hi there, you're listening to Launch Your Book with Anna David. I'm your host, Anna David. I talk to entrepreneurs, best-selling authors about how to launch a book that can change your career and your life. Today, I have something different for you. It is an excerpt from my new book slash old book. And what I mean by that is my very first book, which HarperCollins published in 2007, uh, Party Girl. Trust me, I didn't forget what it was called. I just spaced for a second. Um, I have gotten the rights back and am re-releasing it. And by the time you hear this, I have re-released it. And that is very exciting for me because it is my first baby and frankly, that's the best thing I ever wrote. So that's interesting. You know, if you guys have plan on having long careers in writing, why you you think you get better over time. But uh, I've talked about this before, but with Party Girl, I had no idea about the book business and I was so unsullied and I just wrote it for the pure joy of writing. And I didn't think about, is are people going to buy this? Are reviewers going to like this? I just wrote and there was something really sacred and special about that. So I am giving you over the next three weeks excerpts from the audio version. And of course, I would love it if you haven't read the book or listened to the book, if you went and grabbed it. Um, but you know, if you, uh, why not get the new print book? Do you know what I'm saying? So um, I figured in each of these episodes, I will give you a fun fact about the book. So fun fact for this excerpt, which is from chapter one, I hope you don't shock easily because this this one starts out a little shocking. Um, when the, when the book came out, I knew very casually Melanie Griffith, uh, you know, working girl, movie star, Dakota Johnson's mother, and she is such a sweet woman. She heard me talking about releasing a book. So she went and found it, read it, and reached out to me and said, I want to make this movie. And will you come and meet with me and Antonio? her then husband, Antonio Banderas. And I was just, it was surreal. And I went over there, but you know how those things are. It was surreal. And yet I was like, I always knew something like this would happen. You know, you don't realize how lucky you are in a way. And you're just like, yeah, of course. Um, I was somewhere between the two. I go over there. I sit in their gorgeous mansion. Apologies for the sound. And I remember Jeffrey Katzenberg called, you know, some 
some person came into the room and while we were talking and Anto- and said, Antonio, Jeffrey Katzenberg for you. And I remember uh, Melanie going, tell him about Party Girl. He was like, he- you know, head of Disney at the time. Maybe he still is. I don't know. And um, I remember Antonio sitting down with me and being like, I envy you. You you can create your art. Just you in a room. I, I need all these other people. I'm like, he envies me. Anyway, that's fun fact number one. If you would like the show notes uh, for this episode, which, by the way, includes this excerpt you are hearing, as well as uh, links to where you can grab the book and anything else I can throw in there to make you want to go there, you just go to launchpadpub.com slash blog slash PG dash one. And that's it. And now I give you the excerpt of my first book slash first love. Chapter one. It is a truth universally acknowledged that crazy things happen at weddings, or at least that's what I tell myself as my activities segue from outrageous to risque to downright depraved. There's the bathroom blowjob incident, which I categorize as outrageous rather than downright depraved, solely due to the fact that my 82-year-old stepdad walks in while I'm going down on the cousin of the bride in the pool house bathroom. Because of his 82-ness, the stepdad not the cousin, thankfully, he was prone to more senior moments than non-senior moments, and thus is easily convinced that what just happened never in fact happened. By the time I'm done talking to him, I've actually managed to convince him that not only was there no blowjob, but also there had been no cousin of the bride. I'm pretty sure if I'd kept going, I could have gotten him to believe there was no wedding. But the point is, in convincing my stepdad, I'm pretty sure I convinced myself. And thus, outrageous, not downright depraved. Don't bother asking me how I go from sitting next to the cousin and finding him mildly attractive, not gorgeous, just mildly attractive, someone I might have gone out with had he asked me, to kneeling down in front of him while he sat on mom's bidet. It wouldn't have been my style to have asked, care for a blowjob in the bathroom? At least I don't think so. It's possible that after a bottle or so of good wedding champagne, Amelia Stone is replaced by Paris Hilton, minus the millions, plus a good 20 pounds. But since my exploits haven't been caught on tape, note to exes, not that I know of. I can only venture this as a guess. I'd like to imagine that I happened to visit the restroom just as he was leaving and that our sudden passion erupted spontaneously. But by the end of the night, well, morning, The whole cousin incident was so comparatively pristine, I may as well have been a virgin in white in that bathroom. Later, I find myself in the sauna with the groomsmen. It had been mom's idea that all the, quote, young people from the wedding should sauna and swim, but somehow it got down to just two guys and me. By this point, I know that I'm way more than mildly intoxicated, but since technically I'm on vacation, aren't I supposed to be? If I were this drunk in L.A., Someone would probably bring out the Coke and I'd thus be able to alleviate my alcohol buzz a bit. But parties at mom's house tend to be pretty short on drugs, at least non-SSRI ones. And since in some ways there's no better high than having two men vying for your attention, I figure it's just as well that I'm not holding. I'm going to be graduating in May, Mitch says, as he offers me a sip of his warm Amstel light. Medical school has been a bitch. Oh, but now you're going to have to do your residency. Mitch's alleged best friend Chris interjects while interjecting his body into the minuscule space that exists between Mitch and me. 
you'll be working like 90-hour weeks for no money, which is so much worse than doing your residency at Paramount for a salary just above the poverty line. Mitch lobs back, looking at me. I swear, I never get tired of the attention of boys, but I prefer direct attention rather than transparent male dick-swinging contests. Do they honestly think that the one who gets the last dig in will win my affection? Don't they know that being an assistant and a student, even a medical student, aren't exactly lady killer positions to be in, and that they should perhaps be digging into their personal arsenals for more compelling things to compete over? I stand up and they're silenced. Last one in has to do a shot, I say. And before I've even finished the sentence, they're pushing each other aside in their zeal to jump into the pool. I stand at the sauna door, cold air rushing in, their wet towels at my feet. If I didn't know better, I'd swear that the two of them just wanted to have sex with each other. Okay, we're going to sleep now, I instruct them as I try to get as comfortable as I can while lodged between these two guys in a double bed. Sleep. I honestly think we're going to bed. Was anyone ever that naive? I can't even sleep on two Ambien by myself. But the birds are dangerously close to chirping, a horrifyingly depressing time to still be partying, as I've recently learned. This is the only bed left in the house, and neither of these guys are in any condition to drive. I turn toward Chris, who's facing the wall. Mitch is on the other side, facing the other wall. A few minutes pass, and I hear Mitch breathing heavily in that way that means he could be asleep. I sigh and feel more relaxed. My insomnia always seems embarrassing, and I'm all too relieved to be able to suffer through it without witnesses. Miraculously, I drift off for a moment or two, and am awakened by lips on mine, specifically lips belonging to Chris. My eyes swing open just in time for me to realize that Chris's kissing skills are not half bad. Some people pride themselves on their gaydars. I pride myself on my kiss star because I can usually tell on sight if a guy is going to be one of those drench-your-face-with-saliva kissers, two tentative pecking kissers, or a possessor of one of those lizard-like tongues that darts into places it's not wanted. Most guys, unfortunately, fit into one of these categories. It's the ones that don't that drive us mad in all the good ways. Unfortunately, their kissing skills always seem to accompany a tendency for unemployment, a lack of an IQ, or just a general asshole-ishness. If they could kiss well and also possess qualities that actually made them good boyfriend material, women would probably maim and kill one another to have them. I had assumed that Chris would be some combination of too tentative and lizard-like, that he'd start off too proper and then swerve into too much without the required sensuality and I'm startled to discover that he seems to know what he's doing. He even knows the take-my-face-in-his-hands move. I kiss him back, enjoying the secretiveness of the act. Despite all their lame competitiveness, despite the fact that Chris is an assistant at Paramount and that he attacks his alleged best friend who's actually doing something useful with his life in a pathetic attempt to win a girl's affection, I'm more attracted to him than I am to Mitch. Chris is kissing well enough that it's impossible to say how many times we kiss. One time just seems to mesh into another. And then I'm utterly shocked when I feel a hand creeping from behind into my nether region. Had Chris and Mitch in some sort of a silent pack targeted my two most easy-to-manipulate zones and decided to each work one of them? 
the thrill of kissing someone while another hand works me from behind is unbelievable. I'm completely getting off on the anonymity of the hand, even though I obviously know whose hand it is. And on this wise solution to all that petty male competitiveness that was going on earlier. Until I come back to Earth and remember where we are, which is in the guest bedroom directly below my mom and stepdad's bedroom in their house, which I'm visiting for the weekend to see an old friend get married. Not to blow his now wife's cousin and have a menage a trois with two of his groomsmen. Wait, you have to stop, I suddenly screech. I jump out of bed and the two of them look alarmed, if not altogether shocked. I grab a pillow off the bed. I need to go somewhere where I can actually sleep, I say, as if they'd been talking and I was tired of shushing them. Without another word, I stomp off to the den, where I promptly pass out on the couch. Thanks for joining me this week on Launch Your Book with Anna David. For more info about the show, go to launchyourbookpod.com, where you can get show notes and so much more. If you got anything out of this episode, I can't tell you how much I would appreciate a review. And don't forget, my company, Launchpad Publishing, is here to help you at any stage in your writing and publishing journey. Just go to launchpadpub.com for more, and be sure to tune in next week for next week's episode.